0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Hi there, and welcome to the Karma You podcast. I'm Chloe Brotheridge, hypnotherapist and coach, and the author of The Anxiety Solution. And I want to say a big welcome. Thank you for joining me here today. I hope you're doing well. Today, I'm joined by... Nikki Clinch, who is one of the most lovely people that I've spoken to in a long time. She is a macrobiotic nutritionist and a life counsellor. She's a chef and a teacher, and she's going to be sharing with us why we, almost to an epidemic level, suffer with low self worth and low self esteem. And she shares some really beautiful techniques for how to start to overcome the lack of self-worth that holds so many of us back she also shares with us her three pillars the things that she believes need to be in place for us to experience as much well-being and health as is possible for us and she shares with us how we can get out of our heads how many of us are constantly stuck in our heads and overthinking things ruminating anxious thoughts and worries all of the time and she just shares a really simple technique for calming the mind down and actually coming back into the present moment. Nikki and I would love to know what you think of this episode. Come and find me on Instagram at Chloe Brotheridge. Let me know what you think. And if you want to get the latest podcasts, articles and occasional freebies that I send out on my newsletter, you can sign up at karma-u.com. So please enjoy this interview with Nikki Clinch. Welcome Nikki, thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, hi
2: Chloe, thank you so much for having me here, I'm really happy to be here today.
1: I'd love for you to share with us what it is that you do and how you went on the journey to to be where you are today.
2: Okay, so uh, I suppose my job title is I'm a transformational life coach um, and I'm also a macrobiotic counsellor, so The work that I do is I've trained in oriental medicine but I've also trained in emotional counselling and transformational shifting I suppose, so really sort of working on a whole holistic level where I work with people's emotional stories um, and um, emotional well-being as well as their health and well-being through the body and also through food. Mm -hmm. So I use my training in oriental medicine um, to help restore alignment and balance um, but also through the emotional work and the emotional release and emotional healing that helps to help that helps somebody come back into alignment to who they are as well so in my training everything affects everything so the stories that we come in with any kind of stuck emotions um, any trauma um, the belief systems that we carry that very much affects our health as much as diet and body. Um, so, really, I'll work with someone on all three. And sometimes people will come to me with health issues, and through working. Through the physical health issues will work will will break through and start working on a more emotional level as well or some people will come to me for more emotional healing and then through that we will also work on on the way that they eat and the way that they take care of their body and the relationship with themselves so that's kind of what i do <laughs> and the reason why i do it um because it is a relatively unique way of working i suppose um and the way that i the reason why is because the Working on all three areas was what I needed when I came in. So when I came into recovery and what I've had to work on myself over the last 20 years. So, um, you know, I have a relatively dramatic story. You know, 20 years ago I was a, a pretty bad drug addict and alcoholic and bulimic and I had all sorts of health issues. And I was in a really bad way. Um... And I was told that if I was going to continue living my life like that, I really wasn't going to make it to 30. So by the time I came into recovery, and when I say recovery, I mean getting clean and dealing with my addictions and then starting to work on myself. um, I was really underweight. My periods had stopped. Um, I couldn't hold down a job. Uh, I was getting high every day and bulimic every day, and my self-worth was just non-existent. So when I came in, you know, the journey of transformation for me has had to be on all three levels. I've had to do the work on my emotional well-being, Really rewrite those stories that were defining me, uh, the low self worth and the low self esteem, but also really completely reestablish the relationship that I had with food and how to nourish and care for myself, and also with my body as well. So, you know, 10 years in, just doing it for myself, I was firstly so grateful to to still be here and to actually now be living a, a relatively normal life I decided to go back to school and train to be a, um, a counsellor and to, to train in oriental medicine and, and and to be a coach and that's really sort of where it led me to what I do today.
1: Yeah wow what a, yeah. yes, a journey <laughs> you've been on to, to you know create that transformation for yourself. Um, one thing you mentioned yeah. was about kind of changing The stories. Can you can you say can you say what you mean by that for people listening?
2: Well, I was I was taught that there are no facts, only stories, and I and I actually really live by that because what I mean by that is is that we none of us are ever born into this world, you know, consumed with not enough, consumed with these belief systems that are really very limiting and self defeating. I mean, I certainly you know, I was consumed with this story that I that I wasn't worthy of anything better. You know, I just did a talk on Friday about limitless living and, you know, the way that I was living my life when I was in my addiction was a reflection of how I felt on the inside. So I actually didn't believe that I was worth any more than what I was doing. I didn't believe that I deserved anything better. And so those were the stories that I was, identifying with that were defining who I was that the choices that I made in my life actually were just a mirror to those stories that I that I lived by that I I carried within me and and I like the word stories because stories can be rewritten Mm -hmm. and and they're not facts they're not who we are that none of us are born in with these stories and along the way we get we sort of learn, program, we get programmed, we get taught things, we pick up information, belief systems, ideas, maybe we copy people and we build these stories that that we then identify with as, as who we are. Yeah. And so the work that I do with people is you know we'll get to the heart and the core of firstly what are the stories that are that are actually living your life today because You know, you may be focusing on all the things on the outside and trying to change that first, but actually whatever's happening on the outside is a reflection of what's going on the inside. So, you know, for me, the really big transformation for me, the reason why I have the life I have today and that I can do what I have today is because I had to do the inside work first. So I always say, you know, for me, the work I do is transformation from the inside out. You know, transform the inside, transform the belief systems that you have about who you are. Heal, heal those wounds, heal those, sto- heal those parts where the stories came from. And, and literally who you become in the world can be rewritten. Um, and that's kind of when anything is possible. <laughs> so that's what I mean by stories, yeah.
1: I think it's a very empowering idea you know, just to be able to, to label it as a story because it, it does take some of its um, heaviness away and, you know, we can observe a story, you know, can be just something, you know, made up, it doesn't, we don't need to take it so seriously, so I think just acknowledging that they are just stories, I think is powerful in itself before you even get to changing yes. them or rewriting them, I think it's an amazing well, the first step.
2: Actually, that is the that is the first step. It's yeah. like, and, and it's a very eye-opening first step, isn't it? It's like even that moment, that space between being so consumed by your story that you can only, this is your life, this is who you are, this is your life, this is the only way. To even getting to that point where you can step back and go, oh, this is a story. Yeah. It's not me that is a huge shift in perception that's already a big leap in transformation Uh, there's always this story this um story that i was told about the frog in the well so the frog lives in the well and thinks that that is the whole universe and then one day out of by accident he jumps out and he pops up above the top of the well and he sees this whole world out there and he goes back down again and from that moment onwards he realizes that actually what he thought was his whole world was just a well mm. Mm. <laughs> and there's so much more out there <laughs> and it's just like a millisecond of a glimpse when you realize oh maybe this is just a story maybe it's not not everything about who i am
1: yeah <laughs> i love that idea i love that idea yeah. i know that you talk a lot about self worth and how you know knowing our worth is so important to creating that transformation mm. why why do so many of us struggle with self worth do you think
2: no i was really thinking about this because i get asked this a lot actually and i have two answers to this and one i think it is it is programming that i actually think that you know i don't believe that we're born with no self worth i believe that it is it is our birthright to come into this world and we we're just connected we're just in 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 unity and we feel connected and we're we're rel we're just whole beings and so I do think that there's there's the it, the big effect on the way that we were brought up the upbringing the lessons that we're told maybe we may have parents that don't have any self-worth and so we mirror them and then maybe they had parents that had no self-worth and they mirrored their parents and it comes down the line. So it is part of the programming that mm. that we learn. Certainly from my counsellor perspective working with lots of people that has been a massive impact is going back to to where they first learned that there was that they were not worthy in some way, or or and either they were taught it or we were taught it or they were copying it from someone else. Mm. But the other thing I think, the second thing I think is I do think it's part of the human condition. I think it is part of the human condition to to almost struggle with this not enoughness. And I actually haven't met a single person that doesn't have even a little bit of a struggle with the I'm not enough. Some people, it can be, I've only met a few people that really it is a very small struggle. (laughs) But almost everybody at some point will struggle with that I'm not enough. And so I do think it's part of the human condition. And it's actually part of our maybe journey to be here or involvement to actually break free of that. To not identify with it so much yeah. that it that it can be a, a thought or a belief or a, a or, or or a piece of a habit that that we learn again is not something about who we are actually. Yeah,
1: I think it's very com- comforting in a way to know that it is something that so many people experience because when you're really in that mode of feeling worthless or having low self-esteem. Part of that is feeling like you're the only one that's ever felt like like that and no one is as worthless as you and all these really dark thoughts. But to know that actually it's so common and that people aren't alone with that, I think is almost comforting, but it's sad at the same time, I think.
2: Well, I mean, actually, I I, I do. I think it's comforting. I mean, I work a lot with groups and... um, and, and one of the, the, the most common thing that's shared in the groups is that when we start to share with each other and we start to share our humanness and the things that we struggle with and things that we feel... The most mind-blowing moment is when everyone realizes that we're actually all the same. Yeah. <laughs> like, all of us are yeah. the same. We all feel the same stuff. We get scared about the same stuff, and we all struggle with the same stuff. And actually, the quicker that we get to that point and realize that, the more uh, relief everyone feels. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we all just let our guard down, we can just be human. Um, yeah, I, I like I said, I haven't met anybody who hasn't, ever struggled with it. I've met people who pretend they don't, (laughs) but I haven't met anyone who hasn't genuinely really struggled with, with, with I'm not enough.
1: Um,
2: and you know, I think it's one of the things, particularly in the, in the world that we live in right now with, with social media, you know, where, where the image of perfection is portrayed constantly, boom, 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 it sort of smacked in our face. I I think it is it's such an important thing to continually remind remind ourselves and to remind each other that we are all human, and and it's okay to be human, and actually we're all the same. We just maybe some of us may have learned a few more tools along the way, <laughs> but actually the human, the humanness about us is all the same. Um, and it is just part of being a human being is to feel these things and to, to, to feel, to have the fears and, and yeah, like there is no picture perfect situation going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, That's such a good point. It's, it's a strange world, isn't it? When we're, we're almost expected to deny that things could ever be wrong or, you know, project this. Well, there is such a projection of things being okay or even you know sometimes if you ask a friend how they're doing often people say oh I'm fine I'm fine kind of it's not really it's almost not acceptable to be to be messy and to be human and to yes yeah so I mean I think things are changing people are starting to be more real and vulnerable yes. and that sort of thing um, yes
2: Thank God, thank God it is. Yeah. But it, there really has been a big shift that's happened in the last year, actually. Um, a couple years ago, things were getting sort of acutely perfect. And I think what was happening is that there was only so, so far that that could go um and what i love now is that the conversation has really shifted to being about balance to being about authenticity to being about empowerment and all of that is is actually part of that is is being more real yeah you know you know a, being vulnerable is it takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable it actually you know we we may have been taught that vulnerability or, or being imperfect is a weakness, but in, in certainly in my own personal journey, the more comfortable I am with myself, the more comfortable I've been able to be with being imperfect and human. Mm. And so I think it's it's a real element of strength, actually, to be able to just go, hey, I don't quite know what I'm doing here, but I'm going to try anyway, you know. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah to be able to kind of yeah own own your you know deficiencies and own your struggles i think does take a lot of a lot of strength um what can people do to improve their self worth if if someone comes to you and they're really struggling what do you what do you say to them to make it all better i'm hoping you've got a solution for this uh, well i'm
2: always one to say that i there i can't you know, there's certainly nothing, one thing that I can say that can fix anything. And actually, maybe we don't need to be fixed. But definitely, the first thing about the first part of the journey is turning your focus inward. So often, people who struggle with a lot of low self worth will not have a good relationship with themselves and usually be focusing a lot on the outside. If I can just get that job, if I can just get my body look this way, if I can just get that paycheck or that boyfriend, then maybe I'll feel worthy. And so the very first thing I'll do is is get them to start turning their attention back in with, to them, like, and starting to pay attention to to the relationship that they have with themselves. You know, I think at the end of the day, I think I can I can say with conviction that, Everyone wants the same thing. We all want to feel loved. We all want to be seen and we all want to be acknowledged. And if we can start doing that for ourselves first, then we're more than halfway there. So I will get someone to start journaling first and start building a sort of daily relationship with with an inner dialogue, how am I feeling? What do I need? um, Where am I today? And learning how to listen to themselves, and then start taking care of what they hear. It's, it can be a gentle, slow, um, subtle um, journey. But actually, once that starts changing on the inside out, then people actually start feeling more at home in themselves. And they realize that actually what they've been looking for is, is actually there in them already. You know, low self, the opposite of low self-worth is 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 to feel worthy. And the first, I think the biggest step of feeling worthy is, is to acknowledge, is to start loving yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we hear, we hear about self-love all the time, but it is really that. It is really that. Like, if we... Like, I, I spent so much time looking outside of myself trying to find that the one thing that was going to reaffirm me and finally make me feel like I was lovable and important and worthy and I realized that all that time I was looking out there I wasn't looking in here and the big change for me was when I started to be more compassionate with myself when I started to be able to listen what is it that I need today and how can I take care of that need? Really simple daily steps that way that starts to build trust, inner trust with ourself and to build a relationship with ourselves. and with that comes your worth starts to build. Yeah. And it takes time, you know, relationships take time. So the one with ourself is going to take time. Trust takes time to be earned. Um, so, I would say to anybody that comes to me, the first thing I get them to do is they get they start journaling. Mm. I think it 's a very, very useful tool. Everybody can do it we don 't need to pay lots of money for it and it and it is between you and that page it 's very intimate, and there 's a difference between typing something on a on a screw on a computer and writing something and I was taught a beautiful analogy that the ink is like an extension of your truth down your arm, from your heart down your arm to the page. Because I don't know whether you feel the same, but when you put pen to paper, it's almost impossible for the truth not to come out. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why so many people resist it. It's like eventually you start writing, and it's like, I mean, I've had some of my biggest aha moments, when I've sat down and I've just started writing and I realize oh I'm really unhappy in this job or oh I'm really unhappy in this relationship or this isn't working for me. Like the truth starts coming out. And that's that's for you between you and you to see. So that's sort of the first step that I always get people to do is just to start having this inner dialogue with themselves.
1: Yeah, I love that idea. I love that idea. So get writing and see what what pours out. What might yes. emerge? Yes, absolutely. It,
2: it, it will emerge. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I know that you talk you talk about um, there being three pillars. Can yes. you explain what what you mean what you mean by that?
2: So my three pillars are the relationship you have with yourself and your emotional well being, your mental well being. Um, so I say spiritual and emotional transformation um and then the relationship you have with your body um so movement body work and and then diet, nourishment and food, the relationship you have with nourishment you know i i I strongly believe that these three pillars are the fundamental elements of having a grounded solid empowered relationship with ourself and 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 to have a real solid foundation as well you know the way that we feed ourselves is such a mirror to the way that we live in life you know um, it, literally like if we when i was bulimic i would i would starve 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 and then i would binge and then i would purge and i would do exactly the same habits with men and with jobs and with money and with intimacy you know the relationship that I had with nourishment was a direct mirror to how I dealt with love and intimacy and people in life so and then moving the body like I think that we we carry so much in our body you know we have we have a lot of our emotions in the body we have memories in the body it's our energy levels you know the relationship we have with our body the mood the way being able to move our body and have a, a good relationship with our body is such a fundamental part of of feeling worthwhile and at home in yourself and empowered in yourself um, and then of course there's the emotional work and the mental the mind work as well so for me I work on all three and and whenever anything you know because it doesn't matter how much you work on yourself, life will still happen. Life happens, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever the rug's been pulled out from under my feet, or, you know, difficult things or challenging things have happened in life, I always go back to the same tools every single time. I will start journaling, I'll start meditating, I'll get back in the kitchen and I'll make a simple soup or something really simple and nourishing. Um, and I'll get back on my yoga mat, and, and and it it's the same thing every time. I remember when my husband got cancer last year, you know, we couldn't control the outcome of what was going to happen, but what I could do was I could go back to those simple tools,
1: mm.
2: and what, what it did is that it grounds me, it brings me back into the moment, it brings me back into my body and present with myself. And by doing that, it allows me to respond to life and make choices in a different way. Um, So, you know, I always talk about the three pillars because, you know, that's something that we can continually come back to. Mm -hmm.
1: I love that idea of, you know, addressing things from all areas because sometimes we neglect certain areas, so people might be really into meditation but actually their body you know there's so so much stress in their bodies because they don't move or they're not nourishing themselves properly and we do need to look at it from every angle and remember you know your mind is a part of your body you know your brain is a part of your body so of course that's going to have an impact on that um yes so i love the idea of really addressing things from from those those different perspectives
2: Yes, and each one feeds the other. Yeah. You know, like you know, you because f- so, some people need to start with the food, some people need to start with the body, some people need to start with the meditation, and some people start with the emotional work. But eventually, each one will affect each other. Mm-hmm. Like if you're if you're doing all this work on yourself, and you're changing your belief systems and your stories, but then you're filling yourself with junk food, eventually, it's you're not it's it's you're not going to be able to get very far. Yeah. Um, if, you start, if you're somebody who really has never fed yourself well and you start taking care about what you put in your body, um, and it's not on a diet level but on, on a love and a nourishment level, mm. and you start cooking and taking time and looking at the quality of food, eventually that's going to impact your worth. And then you're gonna start being able to do more of the of, of the emotional work. You know, you start moving your body. I can't so many times I have clients who get so stuck in their head and they're in the obsession, and I'll tell them, get 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 on your yoga mat, start moving. Within ten, fifteen minutes they'll be crying or some emotion will start to move through because it's in the body.
0: Yeah.
2: And and then the the mind goes quiet. Mm. So they all they all affect each other, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, um, I was going to ask you a question about that because about this idea of being so much in our heads, because I mean, lots of people that I speak to, and certainly this is how I used to be before I came on this journey of kind of getting more in touch with my own emotions. I would be so much in my head that I didn't even know how I felt. I, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't really kind of, if someone asked me, oh, how do you feel? I would like, I don't really know. This is what I'm thinking, but I don't really know how I'm feeling. Um, so can you talk a bit about how to get out of our heads and how to feel more and process those feelings
2: well i mean i uh, the first thing i would say is 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 get in the body (laughs) so the reason why we jump into our heads is because we can literally we can literally do a washing machine round constantly in our head and not feel anything from the neck down so if we're living in here, we don't have to feel anything that's going on in here. Uh, I mean, I don't know whether you've had this experience, but I've, you know, when I've been in my head, I remember one time I was in, I was so in my head one morning and I was taking my daughter to school and I was halfway, halfway to her school. And I, I, I'd forgotten to put my shoes on <laughs> and yeah. I'd looked down and I couldn't, I was like, how did I get from the house to the car to halfway to school? And I didn't even notice mm. that I haven't looked down. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, where have I been? And I've been in my head. Um, so the first thing I would do is I, any of those three pillars that I said is I would get them to get back into their body and maybe it's the first time they've ever done this so it's going to be really really hard so if i have a client that comes to me that is living so much in their head the first piece of homework that i'll give them is to get to to move their body for 20 minutes every single day and when i and i'll i'll call it body work rather than exercise so there's a difference between going and pounding it on the treadmill so that you don't have to feel anything to going getting on the yoga mat and doing some slow, gentle stretches and breath work. So you're actually having to engage with your body and, and feel what's there.
1: Yeah.
2: Um I'll probably get them to get in the kitchen. Um it sounds strange but I was taught I was taught cooking in a very different way. In macrobiotics we were taught you know cooking was almost like a meditation you know when you're cutting the veg and you're slowing down you have to be you have to connect with your body when you're doing it if you don't you'll burn stuff and your kitchen will just like become a big mess <laughs> so i'll get them to slow down and do these physical practices that actually get them to drop into the body and then use their journals to write what stuff's coming up normally and and not and pretty quickly they'll start having quite a lot of emotions start to move and they'll be quite surprised by it. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it can be quite a, yeah, quite a shock when you suddenly start to process things and things come up. And as you say, you know, lots of people will talk about doing yoga and starting bursting into tears or something because something's been released in the body. Um, Yes. But it's better out than in, better out than in.
2: It is, and also yeah. we don't we don't always need to know what it's about, mm. like it's actually okay just to sort of let it come, let it go, and then move on and you and surprise surprise, we feel better afterwards, mm. <laughs> you know, mm. you know it, in oriental medicine, emotions are just energy, so you know they literally want to flow, so mm. when they when they're out they're out and and then you can move on, you feel better
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah, yeah, that sounds good, sounds good to me. So, um, can you share with us what, what sort of projects you're working on at the moment and um, if people want to find out more about you and what you do?
2: Yeah, so um, I I launched my eight-week program, Homecoming, um, in the summer and I just, I feel so proud of it because it's sort of everything that I've ever wanted to put together. So, it's an eight-week transformational program that um, is really all about the journey Back home to yourself. So at the end, that you feel truly at home and empowered and free in, in yourself and who you are. And through the eight weeks, we we do the emotion, we, we work on the three pillars. So each week is dedicated to a different part of ourselves. So week one will be on self-worth, week two will be on feeling emotion and vulnerability, week three is nourishment, body boundaries, you know, everything that we may need to really re-establish to feel really at home in ourselves, And we do it through emotional healing um, and transformational work, and there's cooking there, and then there's body work as well. So it's a beautiful program, um, and I'll be enrolling it. I've been doing the second round of it um, in October this year. Um and so that's my group, that's my group program um, that I've just launched. And then of course I still do one-to-one mentorship, so people can work with me in one-to-one coaching um, in a mentorship package. And that's when we do more intense. It's just it's bespoke and it's between me and that one person. Um, so those are kind of the, the main things that I'm going that I'm doing at the moment. Um and of course having my baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, so much <laughs> ha- having
1: my son. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing. The programme sounds amazing and you've got such thank a lovely you. way about you and I think Aww. people get to work to you are very lucky to have you all. Thank you. Um, thank you. Well thank you so much for talking to me and for sharing um all of your ideas and wisdom. And, well, thanks to so Yeah, I look forward to seeing what you're up to in the future.
0: Get the high-end goods you'll love
2: without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth.